0: Welcome to Thrive Lathrop Podcast. Here at our church, we believe that everyone can thrive. Make sure to subscribe to our channel and enjoy this life-changing message. Wow. Good morning, 1030. You guys are ready to have church. I love that. Can we welcome our folks online as well? Give them a hand this morning for joining us. For those of you that don't know who I am, I'm Pastor Maribel. I am the campus pastor here at Thrive, the most amazing church. Come on, give it up. I have the honor and the privilege to serve with uh, an amazing pastor who's already killing it this year, Pastor Chris. He's not with us, but can you give him a hand this morning? It is so fun to work with him. It is so fun. God's doing some stuff and the team is just coming alongside and we're just believing God is gonna do some amazing things, and he's already begun. We're already starting to see some of that happen here at Thrive, and God has been faithful continuously throughout the years, but God is continuing to do more. It's not over yet, it's just beginning. How many believe that? Amen. And so we started a new series called Beautiful Resistance. And last week, if you were here, the word was so good and so rich so powerful it's talking about the dream that joseph had and pastor chris did an amazing job reminding us that it wasn't joseph's dream it was a god dream and the importance of us finding what god that god dream is for our life today as well amen and so if you haven't watched it if you you weren't here last week just remember we have those sermons on youtube you can go back and or if you're a commuter any commuters in the house you can listen to it on our podcast as well, Thrive Church Lathrop. Uh, but yeah, we focused on the dream last week. And I'm sure in the, in the weeks to come, we're gonna talk about the palace and the promises. But I think I was set up, because I'm talking about the pit. And I'm just like, Pastor Chris, for real? Like you, you preached on like the promise and like the dream and it's like, oh, Pastor Maribel, the pit. But I took that challenge on. How many know that it's a little uncomfortable in the pit? It's a little crazy, it's a little messy. Nobody likes the pit, let's be honest. It's dirty, it's inconsistent, it's not what we expected out of life, but yet we show up there and we're like, I don't even know how I got here. But we gotta talk about it. But you, you can't get to the palace, you can't get to the promise if you don't go through the process. And the pit is the process. How many are thankful for the process? Yes, we're thankful for the process. So we're going to read Joshua chapter 37. I'm sorry, Genesis. I don't know why I keep thinking Joshua. Genesis chapter 37, and we're going to stand up for the reading of the word. We want to just stand up and honor the word this morning. We're going to go to verse 23 all the way to verse 28. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the robe of many colors, that he wore that's the robe that his father had given him and they took him and they threw him into a pit come on somebody say it i know we don't want to say it but let's say it a pit the pit was empty there was no water in it then they sat down to eat so he's in the pit hanging out and they're eating they're just having a feast while he's in the pit and looking up they saw a caravan of ishmaelites coming from gilead with their camels bearing gum balm and myrrh on their way to carry it down to Egypt. Then Judah said to his brothers, what profit is it if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites and let not our hand be upon him for he is our brother, our own flesh. And his brothers listened to him. And then the Midianite traders passed by and they drew Joseph up and lifted him out of the pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver, and they took Joseph to Egypt. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you that you're already doing something in this room right now. You're already moving in homes. You are present, God, regardless of what season we're in, but we pray in the name of Jesus that you speak to us, that you reveal things to us that we need to apply to our life to change the trajectory of our life, Jesus. We ask this in Jesus' name and we say, amen. amen. You may be seated. Uh, so this passage focuses on the plot against Joseph's life. The plot against the dream of God in his life. And I believe that Joseph, it's, it's interesting because he, he was part of a dysfunctional family. Can I hear an amen? Come on, we know all about that. Comes from a dysfunctional background. Yes, Jesus had called his family. He was the great grandson of Abraham. There was a promise, but man, they had issues. They had some issues. And so he was moved to share. He was so moved by this dream. He was moved to share it with his family and he probably knew what they were going to respond let's be honest you know how your family is going to respond to certain things you say that's why you choose not to say them sometimes but he was so moved that he shared the dreams that god had given him to his family and of course we know the story they ended up hating him hating him even more and threw him into a pit anybody ever feel that way like you're you're so excited about something And you're just like, I can't wait to get home. Oh, I might bust a couple husbands out right now. And you're like, I'm gonna share with my husband. I know he's gonna be so excited. And you come home and you're like, this is what I heard from God, or this is what happened at work. And they're like watching TV. They don't even hear what you're saying. Anybody ever feel like that? But the response, Somebody said no, no, not at all. All the husbands say no. Okay. (laughs) But this response was one of hatred. I'm going, this guy, he's he's crazy. How, How is he gonna be what he saw in that dream? How is he how are we gonna bow down to him? He's a little crazy. He's he's young, he's 17. He's he's just dreaming. But God had a plan for Joseph's life. And so they took action against this dream and they, they, they thought if we could just place him in a situation where we could kind of make it impossible for him to get out. If we could place him in the hands of these Midianites and he could just end up in Egypt somewhere and be a slave, then he will never see the dream come true. Well, how many know that when they come against you, they come against God? They don't come against you. When you're a child of God, when you're a son and daughter of Jesus, you're not alone. Right. They weren't coming against Joseph. They were coming against the God promise. It's very similar to a story we see in Job. When we see the devil have a conversation with God. It's really interesting. And the devil tells, tells God, hey, your servant Job. He serves you because it's easy. You've blessed him so much that you've made it easy for him to love you. He honors you and yes, he's righteous, but it's because you've given him him everything. And God says, okay, We'll, we'll we'll see if this is true or not. God allows Job to go through this situation and he loses everything. I mean, we think we've lost things in life. He lost his family, his kids He lost his home. He lost a lot of things. He lost everything. But we see in the story of Job, as we see also in the story of Joseph, that they stand the test because they trust their God. And we see a beautiful, a beautiful resistance in their life. So how do we approach these seasons in our life because we will all face them? Let's be honest. If you were born into this world, you will face a pit in your life. It's gonna get a little messy sometimes. It's gonna get a little rough. It's gonna get a little crazy, but we're not alone. We have Jesus. Come on, give him a praise. So how do we approach these moments? We approach them with a mature perspective see our perspective is how we see life how do you see life do you see life through your feelings do you see life through your experiences Well, oh, it happened last time so it's gonna happen again or do you see life through the promises of God see the Bible talks about two different people The Bible talks about what we see as the natural man. The natural man is the man or the woman that doesn't know Jesus. And so they live life through their feelings. Mm -hmm. I I, I need some gospel music behind me right now. (laughs) Nobody in here, right? No, we don't live off of our feelings. It's not about how I feel. Let's be honest. There are times we wanna respond to life because of the way we feel, but that's the carnal side. The Bible talks about the spiritual man. The spiritual man is not led by their emotion or experiences. The spiritual man and woman are led by the promises and purposes of God. And so it's important to understand what Joseph understood. He understood that every pit had a purpose. I'm going to say that again because I don't know if we're getting it this morning. Every pit has a purpose. There are no wasted pages for Jesus. God has a purpose in every pit. No season is ever a waste of time for God. He's always doing something. How many thank God for that? Because it's easy, let's be honest, let's be real. It's easy to forget that when we're standing in the pit. When we're going through the, the tough situation, when we're being rejected. When someone has hurt us, it's, it's easy to forget that there is a purpose. But because we respond with a mature perspective, we believe that every pit we will ever face has a purpose. So I wanna share three things that I believe God was doing in Joseph's life while he was in the pit. Are you guys ready? All right, the first thing is that God preserves. God preserves. The word preserves means to protect, to keep safe, to maintain, and to sustain. And so no matter what you will face and encounter in life, when you hold on to Jesus, you're gonna make it. You're gonna be okay. And little did you know that God is preserving you. God is keeping you. There's so many moments in our life that we feel like there's there's absolutely no reason why I went through that situation. But I wanna tell you today, God has a purpose in and through everything. See, these pits, it wasn't just a random Location. They were dug all over the land with the purpose. And the purpose was to preserve water because the seasons were so inconsistent and unstable. No one knew when it was gonna rain. And so there might've been years without rain. So they said, we're gonna dig up some cisterns or some pits and we're gonna make sure we preserve water when it does rain. So that when the times are dry and the times are dormant, there's gonna be excess water for everybody. There was gonna be life. And so, it's interesting because that's exactly what God was doing in the life of Joseph. He was preserving him for a later season. So that he could be able to give life to all of the people in the land, because there was gonna be a drought. There was famine coming. But God preserve his life for such a time as this. We don't like what we go through, let's be honest. If it hurts, we don't like it. If it stings, we don't like it. But God knows better than us. God knows better than me. How many thankful? Well, God knows a lot better than us. Yes, he does. And so God was preserving him. I believe Joseph was probably in that pit had nothing to do, and the Bible says that it was dry. There was no water in it. And I can imagine what he was doing while he heard his brothers eating, feasting. They were having a good time while he was in the pit. That could have been a moment where his heart could have gotten a little bit bitter. That could have been a moment of, I don't get it why I have to be there, and they get to enjoy that. I know you've never felt that way before, so (laughs) never felt that way before. But can I tell you, I believe the little bit of light that came into that pit, he stood up and he looked up and on the walls of that pit, he saw the watermarks. There was nothing else to do. Let me just check these out. These mark after mark after mark after mark a sign that God had sent rain, a a sign that God had provided what they needed, but I believe it was also a sign of God's sovereignty and God's provision. Every line showed that God was in control of every season. Every line showed that God was not just in control of the season, but he was in control of every element in that season. So you get to a point in your life where you realize all I need is Jesus. He is who I need. He is what I need. He is my sustain. He is my protector. And the second thing God does is God prepares. Come on, say that word with me, prepares. See, just because he had a dream didn't mean he was ready for it. I don't know if you've ever felt like you're ready for something, but you're really not. Like, you're really ready to be a parent, but then you realize you weren't. (laughs) No amens. Don't say amen. Nope, nope. Your kid might hear. (laughs) I remember when I I went to college, I, I tried out for the basketball team, and I ended up playing that season, and I was like, I'm ready. I came out of high school. I'm like in shape, and I'm ready to go. I have the skills, right? Anybody ever feel that way? And then you realize first week of training, you don't even touch a basketball. They got you running miles and miles and miles because it's conditioning. It's part of the Process. They made us run five miles. And you're thinking, that's not a lot. Try doing that in steps. (laughs) Like, you go up the stairs, down, up and down the stadium. You're just like up and down, up and down. And you're like, I don't get it. But that was preparing me for the longer game. It was preparing me so that I could be able to persevere. So God is preparing us in the pit. He's doing something. And I just want to tell you today, like, let him do it. Can we just let God do it? Just let go of it. We love to control our life. Love to control. We love to plan. Planning is not a bad thing. But when God says no, then we have an issue. And so God gave him a dream, but his heart wasn't ready for it. God had to break off some dysfunction off of his life. See, he grew up in a place where there was a lot of competition. He had a lot of brothers. I don't know if there's anybody here that grew up with all brothers. You know what I'm talking about? There's a lot of competition and, and, and you know he, had his, he was his father's favorite, so there was a lot of issues already. They had like four moms and 12 kids and there was a lot of drama. Anybody know what I'm talking about? There's a lot going on, a lot of jealousy, a lot of hate. We can't take that to the next season of our life. We go through these seasons so that God can work in our heart things that have been rooted there for a long time. See, because the more we allow God to change our heart and to work in our heart, the less you look like yourself. And I know we're pretty good-looking in here, but there's no better good-looking than the Holy Spirit in our life. Gotta let Jesus change your name. Some of us have been carrying our last name, so proud. I mean, I see it, I see some trucks and it's all Rodriguez, you know, really like. And I I don't know if you're like my family. It's it's like we're we're proud of our last name, Barajas. It's it's so interesting. (laughs) And it's like so important to honor that name, right? You you get really, really uh, uh, proud. But there there must be a season of change where you stop looking like yourself so that you can look more like Jesus. So I'd I rather carry the, the name Christian and true believer and disciple of Jesus to carry my last name. Come on, if you're going to clap, you better praise him. Come on, let's praise him. God has the power to break off chains of generations. He has the power to break chains of certain behavioral issues that have gone from generation to generation, God has the power to do it. But will we allow him to do it? That's another question. He has the power to do it. Will we let him? And so pits can truly be the process of becoming less like myself and more like Jesus. People look at us pastors, and it's so interesting when I meet new people because they think I was born this way and pastors are just born holy. It's like, oh, they've never gone through anything. They're just like, they're just so holy. Let me tell you, we've been through some stuff. Every pastor on this team has been through seasons where God has had to test us and work through us and change our heart. We're in the business of ministering to people. We need Jesus. We need Jesus. But we weren't born this way. And Can I tell you, I really don't like that phrase. People use this born this way. Let me, I don't want to. Let me just say it. <laughs> it is such a poor excuse. It's denying change. It's an excuse to not want to do the work and not want to go through the process and not wanting to submit. Okay, we're going to move on. All right. But pits can be season of growth, change and maturity. How many believe that? That's the place. Every time I face a challenge in my life, I feel like I am not the same person right. by the end of the test. Right. There are seasons. So when we see trees in the winter time, they 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 look pretty sad, right? They're pretty like blah. They're just They're just there. They have no leaves. They look dry. And it's like, why are they even there? And we think nothing's happening during that season. But can I tell you, that's actually the time of preparation for the fruit that they're going to give in the next season. See, even when we don't see things happening in our life, and we think God's not moving, let me tell you something, he never sleeps. He is moving, even when you don't feel it and even when you, when you don't see it. God is always moving. And so Joseph didn't get to the palace till he was 30 years old. So he had to wait 13 years to actually get to the palace. He wasn't, I think he was 39 when he actually saw his brothers. 22 years later, the dream start to take place but in the process in the waiting, god was after his heart can i tell you today that god is after your heart he is after your heart he pursues you with love he wants your heart because there must be a change on the inside to obey god on the outside If there is no change inside, it's not going to show on the outside. A changed heart changes and strengthens our inner character. Come on, anybody in here believe character is important? Character is important. Because it's the evidence of our maturity. And we see that in his life. We see three things that God did in his heart. Forgiveness happened. Honor happened. And trust happened. Forgiveness is a big one. See, when he had the dream, he didn't know what he was going to go through. He didn't know that his own family and his own brothers were going to turn on him. He didn't know. He didn't know he was going to have a pit season after a pit season after a pit season over and over and over. Joseph did not know that. And so when he saw his brothers for the first time, 22 years later, he forgave them. And it's interesting because the Bible said that the brothers didn't recognize him. And I don't think it's because he gained weight or because he like grew his hair out. I don't know. I believe they didn't expect to see a changed man. He wasn't who he used to be. And so he offers them forgiveness. They expected probably payback, and honestly, they probably thought they were gonna lose their life. Joseph was second in command in the kingdom. He could have done that, but instead he forgives. I believe that Joseph understood something. He understood that he was not bound by what others had done to him. He wasn't bound by rejection because he wasn't included. He wasn't bound because he was betrayed. He wasn't bound by any of the pain he encountered. He forgave. Church, I wanna tell you today, it is time to stop allowing and giving our past permission to rob us from the promises of God. It's time. Like Many of us, we sit there for such a long time. And it's so hard to forgive because forgiving requires trust. Forgiving requires obedience. Forgiving requires a changed heart. I play tennis on my days off. I try to stay active and uh, it's funny, I, I played tennis with a bunch of women in Stockton. Come on, any Stockton people here? Okay, all right, all right. Um, and it's, it's interesting because, you know, I'm like, hey, let's, let's set up. You know, I, I like playing doubles because singles is a little bit too much for me. Play doubles because it's less running, let's be honest. <laughs> and so we, we partner up, and I'm like, okay, who's available? And I mention a name, and one of the ladies is like, oh, no, 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 I can't play with her. Okay. Well, it's just a game, right? Like, what, what's the issue? And she goes, like, well, five years ago, there was this. And I said, never mind. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to know about it. There's, a, there's an issue. Five years. And I'm going, are you serious? Eight years, 10 years, 12 years. Like, when I was praying last night, if I can be honest, I was praying last night, I really felt like that was a big one for today. Like, we've been sitting in unforgiveness for such a long time. And I'm not saying that the reality wasn't true. Like, you were hurt. You did experience pain. You might even be angry with God. And you're sitting in that moment, but you'll never move past it if you don't forgive. And so let's stop giving our past permission. How many say amen? amen. Number two, So there, he, he honored God. He honored God. He stood righteous despite the turmoil, despite the temptations. There was a a specific moment when he was sold, he was sold to Potiphar and rich man, powerful man, and he was over everything in his home because God had favor and everything that he touched, God blessed. The Bible even says that, that because Joseph had God's favor and honored God, that even, The family was blessed. So, so powerful because he honored God and Potiphar's wife decided to try to get at him and try to get him to sin. How many know what I'm talking about? And the Bible says that Joseph ran and I know you probably like that, looks so silly. I can't believe he ran. Let me tell you, there are moments we face in life that we cannot entertain. We need to realize who we are and that we carry the name of Jesus, that we've been redeemed, we've been set free, and we can't go back. We need to move on, we need to move forward. In Jesus' name, amen. See, and T.D. said I was watching one of his sermons, and he said this. It was so good. They can take your cloak, but they can't steal your character. Take anything you want, but I remain loyal to my God. I remain faithful to my God. That's what matters more. Pits are not an excuse for disobedience. I got rid of that excuse for you right now. No more. Now that you know that, you are free. It's not an excuse. Just because you're going through something difficult doesn't give you an excuse to live in disobedience. The third thing is trust. Again, this is everything God is doing in his heart. And this one is so powerful. Trust. He was developing trust. He was stripped from everything and everyone, but yet his heart rested in the promises of God, not in the problems he faced. Can we get to a place where in our terrible seasons, we can trust God because God said so. And God's word is greater than every trial, every temptation we can ever face. Like, can we truly trust God? When we don't understand the loss, when we don't understand the pain, we don't get the rejection, can we truly trust God? This is something God was revealing to him. There's a story, so I know Pastor Chris isn't here with us today, but. He always has Zadok stories, so I have a Zadok story too, if that's okay, with your permission, Vanessa. <laughs> so it's really cool because Zadok is like the little adult in the group. He um, always prays for the food, and if, if we're praying for the food and maybe we're celebrating a birthday, he prays for the birthday guy too. So he's, he's like a little five-year-old pastor. And so it was so interesting, I was so challenged by this because he started praying uh, over someone and he was just like, Lord, bless him in Jesus' name, right now. And he wasn't done. And I prayed for the food, Lord bless it right now. I was just like, what? This kid has faith. But I'm challenged by it because like he really believes God. He really believes that God is going to do it right now. And I was thinking to myself, and I was having a conversation with Vanessa, I was like, when did we ever lose our faith? Because God says that we need to have childlike faith. We need to just believe and trust God. We need to believe and we need to trust God. But somewhere down the road, we stopped believing and trusting him. And I know you're here and you're, you're, you're in a great place. I'm glad that you're here. But I know there's people that have trouble trusting God. And that's why this message is so important. It's a part of the process. There's promises for our life, but we got to go through it. And we got to trust Jesus. When did we lose this faith? to pray over the sick and believe that God's gonna do it right now. To pray over your children that have left the ways of the Lord and say, God, do it right now. I'm not demanding that, I'm saying this because he has promised it. We need to get to that place, family, where we can say this. And the last thing is that God was positioning him So God was preserving him, God was preparing him, but God also positions us. We were created for him, not for ourselves. So he knows where we need to be. See, the very thing that was meant to cancel out this dream was the thing that God used to position him in it. Oh, I hope you're getting it this morning. What people might see as a setback, and let's be honest, what we might see as a setback is actually a setup. What his brothers thought would be the end was actually just the beginning. What was meant to destroy him and pull him away from his purpose, actually launched him closer to it. Because that's what God does. Isn't life better with God? Like if we could just trust him and believe him. Life is better with God. See, God used the small things that on the surface looked insignificant to create a way when there was no way. That way God can get the glory. God be glorified in my life. Let it be you. I don't need to push my way to the front. I don't need to hurt people trying to get to the front. I don't need to lose my honor to get to the top you're in control you know where I need to be God so I'm gonna let you do it I'm gonna step back and I'm gonna surrender my life to you knowing that you've got it all under control Joseph experienced the powerful truth of Romans 8 28 that all things come on say it with me all things they work together All things, the good and the bad, the ugly, the stuff you've forgotten about, all of it works together for the good of those who love Jesus and are called according to his purpose. You're called, family. And so right now we just wanna spend some time Letting God do what he wants to do. And I want to finish with this verse. Joseph was able to persevere and rise above his circumstances because he understood that God had a purpose. Genesis chapter 15, verse 20 says he was able to testify this. He said, as for you, he's speaking to his brothers, what you intended against me for evil, what you thought was going to destroy me, God intended for good in order to accomplish a day like this. I had to face a dark season. I had to go through a difficult situation because God was gonna do this. Can you stand with me today? Thank you again for tuning into our podcast. For more info, please visit our website at thrivelathrep.com. Have an amazing rest of your week.